just fail not they are new every morning great is the faithfulness great is the faithfulness yeah, yeah. I can never repay you Lord for what you've done for me how you lose my shackles and you set me free how you made a way out of no way you turn my darkness into day you've been my joy in the time of sorrow hope for my tomorrow peace in the time of storm shape when i weak and worn i can never repay you love for what you've done for me how you lose the shackles and you set me free how you made a way out of no way turn my darkness into day you've been my joy in the time of sorrow Shackles and you set me free. I am made a way out of no way. You turn my darkness into day. You've been my joy in the time of sorrow. Hope for my tomorrow. Peace in the time of storm. Strength when I'm weak and worn. I can never repay you, love, for what you've done for me. How you lose the shackles and you set me free. How you made a way out of no way. You turn my darkness into day. You've been my joy in the time of sorrow. everybody the lord has hasn't god been faithful to you guys hasn't he provided for all of your needs your needs have been met he's given you a reasonable amount of health and strength he's worthy of our praise amen so welcome again to eastern fellowship my name is aaron rose i'm a worship and teaching pastor here thanks you guys y'all are beautiful thanks you guys for letting me be myself i appreciate it Okay, yes, I am giving God's word today. I need y'all to pray for me because I have got a lot on my mind this week. I was like, Doug, do you think I could switch weeks with you? He was like, absolutely not. No, never, no way. So here I am. Please, please pray for me. Please. Thank 
Thanks, family. Y'all, I've been really encouraged by this week. I, I, this is, I was really skeptical, skeptical about doing the all church retreat just here in the neighborhood and like renaming it the big church weekend. I thought it was going to be weird. But then when we did the variety show, I just was like, man, this is my family. Like these are my people. Like we love each other. We know each other. We support each other. We go hard for each other. And I just appreciate that. So give your, give yourselves a hand for being good community. Don't y'all love each other? A little, at least. Y'all still here, so there has to be some love. All right. So um, I know I just told y'all to sit down, but can we stand back up to read some word? It's just one verse. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is the word of the Lord. God, we thank you for your spirit and your presence here. God, we thank you for your sacrifice that gives us the right to come before you. With the spirit of praise, we get to come before you freely and boldly, God. Lord, I pray that you would concentrate your presence here, Lord, any weaknesses on my behalf. Lord, I pray that your your word would just go out and accomplish the work that um, it has to do, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you're readying our hearts and our minds to receive your word, Lord God. Um, We give you thanks. Thanks, praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have your seats. All right. Kids and adults, I promise to be short. Because we have a meal tonight. We got Alamo coming tonight, y'all. So just so we're not here all night, we've had a long weekend already. I'm going to be quick. So um, if I had to take a thought this evening... It would be tending the garden of your mind. Tending the garden of your mind. I like those mmms I heard throughout the room. Mm. Tending the garden of your mind. So I'm going to reread Philippians 4. I'm going to read it in a different version. This is ESV. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's Paul and his letters to the Philippian church. He's encouraged, he's encouraging this church because this church, unlike a lot of the other churches that Paul was writing letters to, letters to, they actually had it together. They were doing great things. So Paul, so Paul spent most of his time encouraging them and telling them the right things to do. But whenever I read this verse, I literally think about like a place that I've never been. It's just a place that I've seen on like motivational posters in school. It's like maybe like Dutch tulip fields. Is that a thing? Is that Dutch? (gasps) It is right. Yeah. So I literally think about like different fields of like, I mean, one field with tulips of different colors, just all like swaying in the breeze. And the pink ones are lovely thoughts. The purple ones are just thoughts. The orange ones are pure thoughts. That's literally what I think about. But if Paul is telling us to think about this type of things, there must be a type of thing that we should not be thinking about, right? So the opposite of those things, that's the easiest thing that came to me, is thinking about whatever is untrue, whatever is dishonorable, whatever is unjust, whatever is impure. 
impure, whatever is ugly or condemnable. Those to me seem like weeds. You might be saying, Aaron, why do those things seem like weeds? Well, because if the beautiful thoughts are flowers and the ugly thoughts are like weeds, but weeds are on the forefront of my mind because y'all, I have a new hobby right? You might be saying, Aaron, why do you need a hobby? Because people are, as adults, we need hobbies. My life is a little bit boring, right? I, my hobby, my one hobby, my one like talent is, is my job. So like my recreational time can be a little unfruitful when the thing that I love to do is the thing that I also get paid for. There's no like split time. It's all one and the same. So I was like, man, I need to do something. And I, I'm tired of just watching Netflix all day. Like, I, I want to have something that's actually going to bear some fruit. So I decided to take up gardening. Now, I'm using the word gardening very loosely. What I'm doing can barely be described as gardening. And I did this because my grandma, her name is Eva, um, she is a master gardener. So my grandma has eight kids, eight living children. And uh, three of them that live, five of them live within like 20 minutes of her, but three of them own property. And so every summer I spent my, uh, spent the day, because my, both my parents work, I spent the day with my grandma and her husband, Charlie. Now his given name is Charlie. It is not Charles. He will tell you that if you meet him. My name ain't Charles, it's Charlie. So Charlie and Eva would take the car every single Tuesday and go around to their three adult kids' house, houses. And each of these houses had huge deluxe gardens and I mean there were rows of corn there were rows of tomatoes rows of collard greens rows of just string beans like huge huge gardens in all of our backyards and I I mean for when I was a kid and it was like the late 90 mid to late 90s and I just what had no interest in like agriculture or like farming or anything like my grandparents grew up in southwest virginia this was part of their lives there it wasn't part of mine i'm a city kid so i would definitely just sit in the car the hot car this had to be illegal i would sit in the hot car just with a book like the the vinyl would be sticking to my thighs i'd be sweating bullets anything other than getting out in the garden and helping my grandparents and my grandparents were super diligent and after like my grandparents got finished they would my granddad will always like shame me for my laziness he'd be like all you want to do is sit and read why don't you get out and do something so you know how to do something and I just would roll my eyes he was right I was being incredibly incredibly lazy like he was not wrong about that but my grandma is 96 years old she'll be 97 in march and she still to this day has a garden it is a beautiful lush garden in her whole backyard i went home so some of y'all follow me on instagram not very many y'all but some some of y'all do and i posted this insta story i went to my grandma's house and they had all the old people things in their house they had the um the the chairs that are on the steps where you hit the the flick the switch and it slowly glides you down like and then you go to the basement it slowly glides you down my mom told me that my grandma got a gliding chair for the back deck so it's three steps y'all so it glides down three steps so she can get to her garden but the garden is literally thriving my, my mom was just saying I got some potatoes from grandma's garden I got some string beans and ooh, I fixed it up and it was so delicious my grandma is killing it y'all but she's 97. She doesn't have 97 years left. So-
So I decided to take up gardening to carry a piece of her with me. I want to carry on a little bit of her legacy. Eva gardens, so I'm going to garden. I didn't choose vegetables. I chose flowers, but this is a little bit of Eva in me. So that was the first reason why I decided to take up gardening. The second reason is I want my yard to look nice. I like, I own my house. I love my house. And for the past 18 months, it's been a giant toilet for the dog. And I'm tired of that. He doesn't pay any bills. So I'm reclaiming that space, that territory for me. It's not just for Raja to do whatever he wants. All right. So, but guess what? I'm bad at gardening. All those years of sitting in the car, reading books, sweating, and profuse, probably 125 degrees in that car, um, I just didn't learn what you were supposed to learn when it came to gardening. So, but yes, let me also clarify. I do not have a, I don't have a garden. It is a flower bed. And even flower bed is an ambitious term. It's more like a flower cot or like a flower palette. Like it just is, it's shaped like a toilet bowl lid. Like it's really, really weird. Um, But it's mine. It's mine. And I started off really, really strong. So I went to Strangers and I picked out all the perennials and the annuals that I wanted. Um, And then I got home while I still had like strength and excitement in my body. And I dug up a bunch of holes. I followed the directions, dug holes twice the side, and the, the, the ground here is hard, y'all. Did y'all know that? It's hard to dig that up. I said, people do this. I was sweating bullets, but I stayed consistent, and I dug up um, all the holes, and I mixed up the soil with the, um, with the, I mixed up the clay that I have in my yard with the gardening soil that you buy at the store, and I put the fertilizer in it, and I lovingly put the mulch, a couple inches of mulch over the flower bed, and I was like, ooh, yes, I'm killing, it looks beautiful, I got hibiscus, I got lantanas, I got some other stuff I don't know the name of, and I was feeling really, really good, and I mean, after, mm, four days, I got bored. The novelty wore off at an alarming rate. I did so much. The first few days, I watered. I was, I was, I came to find out later I was drowning my plants, but I watered all the time. I admired it. I told my friends to come over and look at my beautiful flower bed, and they were like, ooh, ah, Aaron, it looks really good, and I was like, yes, it does. Thank you very much, but then After all that watering and admiration, I realized that not much was really changing. My bushes were the same height. My uh, plants were the same height as they were. My buds that, you know, were open when I bought them from the store had closed up. It was like it was resisting me. But then, like, the blooms were drooping. But after, so after I realized that nothing was really happening, I just neglected it. I just was like, well, forget it. I'm just going to leave it alone. I acted like it didn't exist. But there was a surprise. After about a week and a half of ignoring my flower bed, behold, there were blooms. There were a bunch of blooms reaching up toward the sun, being nurtured by the soil. I was so excited. I looked out my upstairs window and I could see like pink and yellow and orange and purple flowers. And I was like, yes, it's happening. It's happening. I went, but when I went downstairs to get a closer look and I went into the yard, I also saw something horrible, right? When you get up close to something and you you really see what's going on. There were weeds springing up from everywhere. And when I got closer, you couldn't even really see the beauty of the flower bed. All I could see was the weeds that were springing up from the ground. So, of course, my natural inclination is to 
ignore everything some more. So I saw the weeds, I got discouraged, and I said, I'm just going to go back in the house. So um, this morning, y'all, I lied to you not. This morning, I lied to you not. I went to look at my, I looked out the window, and all I could see, I could only see grass on the flower, grass and weeds. It's not really grass, it's mostly weeds, covering my flower bed. And so I just was like, man, I got to get out there. And doing them, I started weeding them, but I was so overwhelmed because I had let it get so bad. And how similar is our our minds to this proverbial garden? How often when we encounter God for the first time, or we first come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, our thought life is holy and acceptable to God, and all we got to do was just think on the goodness of Jesus, and all he's done for us, and a praise just comes welling out. How often after those first encounters, is everything just good and peaches and lovely and awesome, but then after a while, we get bored with that. We become familiar with that, right? There's, before, there was no room for doubt or for fear or for worry, but we just get so bored when that loving feeling goes away. And we get distracted by everyday things. And before we know it, the weeds of deceitful thinking, lustful thoughts, and fearful worrying are jumping on up in our garden. Jumping straight up. But how, you ask me, how did the weeds get there in the first place? Well, I'll continue with the analogy of my own flower flower bed. One thing I didn't do was... I didn't dig up all the grass. I dug the holes in the area that I wanted there to be uh, plants, but I didn't dig up the surrounding grass and weeds. I did. I laid. What I did was I laid down some um, ripped up uh, paper bags. I laid down some cardboard. But y'all, the weeds were growing through the cardboard. I lied to you not. It was cardboard. It was cardboard. The weeds were, I said, these weeds are anointed to grow. Somebody has laid hands on these weeds and given it vision and destiny and a purpose. And these weeds are on a mission and they will not be deterred. Like, but I just, I couldn't believe, I said, how are y'all growing up through through the um the things I laid down, but how often do we neglect confronting and pulling out roots of bitterness, roots of pride, roots of disrespect, disobedience to our parents, uh, roots of of just disrespect to other people? How often do we neglect to do that um, so that when we try to cover them up? they shoot right back up again, even though we think, oh, we should have been taken care of. That's one reason I didn't dig up the grass and the weeds in the first place. The second reason is not to be talking bad about my neighbor. He's a very nice man. He just had a lot of weeds in his yard, right? So I remember one day I looked over at his yard and he had a lot of like of a particular type of weed in his yard. And then a few weeks later, I saw that same type of weed creeping up over my grass. Like, it just was like a wave of weeds that crept across my lawn. And I was like, no, I didn't, I mean, I don't know what else to do short of, like, get weed. I could have done something. I did nothing. I ignored it. But I just remember that moment where I was like, those are the weeds that were in his yard. But 
and also my other neighbor needs to watch out for me because her yard is also in jeopardy on the other side. But let's think about what about our environment is planting seeds for thoughts that are like those awful weeds. What about the people we're interacting are planting seeds of doubt in our mind? What about the places we go are planting seeds of pride and lust in our mind? What about the things we read, the things we watch, the things we play are planting seeds of violence and hate and distrust and worry and fear in our hearts and minds. Well, why does this matter? I remember a poster that I read uh, that I used to see a lot. This is a lot about, I went to a Christian school, y'all, so we had a lot of motivational posters. But there was this one poster that said, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, because they become your character. Watch your character, because it becomes your destiny. And it's kind of like that. Because if we're thinking on the pure, the lovely, the noble, the commendable things, that inspires us to live a a life of worship and service to others. But when we're concentrating on fear, when we have thoughts of worry and doubt, those thoughts affect what we we believe and what we believe affects our actions and no longer are we bearing the fruit of the spirit but we are instead manifesting the works of the flesh that's why it's important to take these thoughts that we think and and show that the power of the holy spirit has complete power over those thoughts we are instructed in second corinthians paul says that We have the power to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And that's not just about the big uh, negative thoughts like racism, classism, sexism, um, xenophobia, all of those awful things. It's It's also about the thoughts that spring up in your mind because your mind is a battlefield. Yes, there is a spiritual war being waged in in this earth that we cannot see, but there's also a war going on in our members. It's our flesh versus the spirit. And if we can control our thoughts, if we can use the power of the Holy Spirit to subject our thoughts and have a mind to be transformed, like to, to be the mind of Christ, then we can see more power, more victory in our lives. So you might be saying, Aaron, how can I do this? I'll tell you. One way to do this, and this is gonna, this is, this involves some talking to yourself, right? Because in your mind, this is interesting. Your, in, while your thoughts are like you talking to yourself, this morning I um, had the radio on and I was trying to sing, and and I first I tried to sing and it, it, I came out and it was croaking and it was weird. I was like, what in the world? And I hadn't realized I hadn't spoken to anyone all day. I had a million thoughts. My mind was running a mile a minute, a hundred miles. A mile a minute is not that fast. It was running a thousand miles per hour per minute. It was just going crazy. So I thought that I had been talking or conversing with someone. No, it was just the things in my mind. So you kind of got to talk back to yourself, right? And by using God's word. So Hebrew four, Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is active, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Listen, your mind... Listen, use God's word to give you control over your mind, over your thoughts. And when you want to be disrespectful to your parents, listen, you say, listen, 
honor thy father and mother, um, which is the first commandment with promise, and your, your days will be long on the earth. You got to quote those scriptures right back to yourself. Speak God's word over yourself. Also, you have to be aware of your thoughts and your thought patterns. Don't just let your mind like just wander and you have no control. No, you have, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can control the kind of thoughts that take root in your mind. When you notice a stray thought, just like the first weed I noticed in my garden, I decided to just walk away and ignore it. When you notice that stray thought that does not give honor to God, that's causing you to fear, that's causing you to worry, snatch that weed straight up. Snatch that thought straight up. If you're feeling fear, just speak over yourself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If you're worried, go to Matthew 6 where Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Your Father, which is in heaven, knows that you have need of these things. And in Philippians it says, cast all your care on him because he cares for you don't be anxious about anything but unreservedly come before the presence of God making your petitions and your requests known if you're feeling prideful remember in first Peter it says all flesh is grass and and all of its glory is like the flower of grass the grass withers and the flower falls but the word of the Lord remains forever if you're struggling with thoughts of greed or lust Think about this. In Isaiah 55, it says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. I'm going to invite the band back up. But listen, if there's some of you in this room that don't know the Lord, that haven't been introduced or you've heard about Jesus um, and you still haven't made up in your mind a decision to follow him. I'm telling you right now that Jesus came that you might have life, that you might have it abundantly and that includes you having peace in your mind. It's not just about peace on earth and goodwill to all men. That, it's that too. But it's also about having peace in your mind and victory over sin in your life. You can have that. And all it takes is being a disciple of Jesus. All it takes is being, taking a decision, get, making a decision and saying, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you came to this earth for me. You died for me. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I recognize you as God. That's all that it takes. Salvation is a free gift that God gives freely to whomever asks for it, to whomever seeks it. And there are some of us in here who know the Lord, but have been fighting a losing battle in our minds. We've been struggling with dark thoughts. We've been struggling with thoughts that have caused us to not have control over our emotions. We're not handling pain well. We're not handling disappointment well. It seems like I, even when we try to lay down and go to sleep, it's like our mind is constantly running and we can't get there. I'm telling you as well, Jesus came that you might have peace. Our God is the Prince of Peace and he wants to give you comfort. He wants to make you whole. 
And that's not just in the life to come. We can have glimpses of the kingdom in the here and now. Just like David said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Trust God. He wants you to be free. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your spirit here. Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind here would seek to know you and would seek to have the mind of Christ, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would cultivate the garden of our mind, God, so that our thoughts are pure, that we think on the things that are lovely and pure and honorable and just and commendable on the excellent things, on the praiseworthy things, God, so that when the world sees us, they don't see our negative thought patterns. They see a life yielded to God. They see light in the darkness, God. Lord, I pray that you... We just release a spirit of liberty, God, here in this place. Father, we honor you. We thank you for your presence here. It's in Christ's name. So we have a time of response coming up. We're going to ask our prayer team. If y'all will come up, the prayer team is going to be standing uh, along the walls. They should have name tags, but if they don't, just look for a kind and welcoming face. Leslie has a beautiful kind and welcoming face. Shekinah, Jesse. They're willing to pray for you. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to touch and agree, yeah, my thought life is not what I want it to be. It's not honoring God. I feel like I don't have victory over my mind. They'll pray for you. They'll touch and agree. If you want to know Jesus as your personal savior, they'll help guide you to that. So won't you come? It's a part of our, um, culture here, or we're trying to make it our culture here for each person, uh, in the body to go and receive prayer at least once per month because we all need it. You might be saying, if I go up and, and, and get prayer, people are going to think that I need God or that I've sinned or something. Yep, you have. We all have. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But touch and agree with somebody. Join your faith with somebody else for victory and freedom in your life. And as the band sings this next song, I just pray that you just would let the words wash over you and that you would be assured that our God is all and he wants to be all for you. He wants to satisfy your needs in the emptiest of places. Always perfect and always love. Full of mercy, full of kindness, and full of joy. Sing this with me.
sufficient, always knowing, always here, you're always here, God, full of power, full of glory, full of grace, never-ending
together, y'all. Come on. You know this one. The praises to our King. There is splendor and His power all around Him. And we will gather all together, every nation, child, weed, and color, and put our differences aside. And let our Father be glorified, and the earth shall know His name. 